through our frequency with Motivating Minds, where we strive to provide inspiration, inspiration motivation, motivation, and tools necessary to live the dream you desire. Welcome world, you're tuned in to JMB Radio, presented to you by no other than Motivating Minds, guys, giving you that motivation, that inspiration, just get you guys pumped up for this weekend, actually, that we're coming up upon on our uh, Thirsty Thursday series, guys. Um, we got a great guest in the house today. I'm I'm very happy to actually have him. I, I'm blessed to even be able to do some business stuff with himself. And uh, he's got a great company, a great just philosophy and projects that he's he's hitting on the head and really helping the masses. And it's funny when I initially met him that our philosophies just totally matched up, and it basically boiled down to changing people's lives, learning the tool using that tool and changing people's lives for the better and the greater. Um, so no other than Mr. Jason's with me today. Jason, um, please introduce yourself, sir, and how you doing? Uh, pretty good. Uh, my name is Jason DeLeo with Food by DeLeo, and uh, I'm doing pretty good today. Thanks for having me. Hey, it's a pleasure, my man. I'm happy that we finally were able to connect. We actually have the same marketer, so it actually helped out a little bit with our schedules. I think she knows my schedule better than I know it sometimes. But, um, so you got this food thing going on. I think that's what, um, the big thing that really intrigued me. And I know initially when we even met, I was very intrigued with this idea. I actually got introduced or got your name popped up somewhere else. But, um, the whole food thing, I had a hard time finding a food source that I believed in for my clients that will benefit their life and optimize their life, you know, just a happier, healthier lifestyle. And I, a lot of that deals with, obviously, nutrition being a vital piece of that, um, being a key element. And it was hard to find somebody that had food that their macros checked, right, but actually tasted good. It was so hard. Time and time again, you hear so many people, oh, it's boring, you know, chicken, rice, and broccoli, you know. And and I don't disagree. I mean, I did a lot of meal plans for people. I still kind of do, you know. Um, at least getting their macros in check, a lot more macro counting in that, but um, and being specific. But for the long term, I know a food plan for somebody for the long term and an actual meal plan, structured meal plan, doesn't work for most people, man. You could you know you could write it out and you know lose necessarily weight you need, or you, competition obviously is another animal in itself. But just everyday life of eating better and keeping your macros in check and things of that nature, but. You make fresh, never frozen, great tasting food. And it's so awesome to actually find somebody that actually can provide that for me and my clients type of deal. That Because I believe in it. I mean, your your macros check out. I mean, your, the taste checks out. And, it, you know, it doesn't lie. I've seen it with clients, you know. And believe me, the, the I guess not your average uh, physique or bodybuilder type of deal, could give you an honest opinion how something tastes type of deal, you yeah, know? Right. And they are harsh critics, I could say the least. But um, how, I mean, do, do you have a background in cooking? It, yes, uh, I've been cooking my whole life. I'm uh, 41. I had my first uh, first job in the kitchen at uh, 13. Started washing dishes. And, uh, you know, I've held every cooking job from short order to country club. Fine dining and uh, executive chef at uh, Bachelam headquarters for for a couple of years. Uh, opened up the Hard Rock Hotel in Orlando wow. as a chef de cuisine at their fine dining restaurant. 
And uh, I'm also a graduate of the uh, Culinary Institute of America in, uh, in Hyde Park, CIA. Uh, so yeah, I've, uh, I've been cooking my whole life. And I started out younger than that with my mother uh, making meatballs and sauce. You know? <laughs> so, the fundamentals, right? Yeah, you know, you had to learn. Really good Italian, he's got to learn how to, uh, how to make the sauce. So, you know, I've always loved it. I, uh, my favorite, I used to have uh, my friends over at, uh, at 11, 12, 13 years old. And I'd make chicken cutlets and sauce, and I'd cook all day Saturday. I'd have them over, them and their, you know, a couple of girls and a couple of guys, and I'd serve them. And uh, and I just like to watch and see how'd you like it, what'd you think, how'd it taste. The reaction. You know, yeah, the re it just I always just enjoyed that. Uh, enjoyed serving people, and uh, I was just it mattered to me what they thought. You know, how was it? How'd it taste? What could I do different? Um, I like critics because it always makes me better. Hundred percent, bro. They you know, that. Uh, so, yeah, I've always cooked. I've always loved it. Um, I've always enjoyed serving people. I've always enjoyed, uh, you know. I guess when you finish cooking something and you give it to somebody, you get a reaction. Right? I, I like instant gratification, one way or the other. Well, <laughs> you know, always that. I think what you're exactly what you're saying. Like, I believe. You, you found your passion, you found your niche, per se. It's the excitement, it's the overwhelming feeling of feeling good. Yeah. Right? Not that you got something, but you gave something. Yeah. You know, and and then seeing that reaction and that, and that's awesome that, you know, you found your tool type of deal, I say, or gift, you know, the help society, help the universe, help your, you know, the, the human species, per se, and especially controlling, you know, this epidemic of obesity and all these things type of deal. Um, you know, actually t talking about obesity and that, which I was blown away by, um, you you actually were overweight, well overweight, weren't yeah. you at some point? I mean... Yeah, my whole life I struggled. Uh, up and down, I've been... Uh, I was always overweight as a kid. I was always, uh, always heavy. Uh, I always liked to eat my mother's meatballs and, and macaroni, you know, so... Uh, yeah, I always struggled with it. Picked on as a kid, um, you know, and uh, just it was always something I struggled with. And then I, uh, I started. I got in real bad car accident. Have co had a couple back surgeries. Wow, I've had six back surgeries. And uh, when was that? How old were you when that occurred? Well, my first my first back surgery. I was 15 years old, playing football. Oh, uh, I had degenerative disc disease, and I got popped in the back and ruptured a disc, and they gave me surgery then. And uh, it reoccurred again. Uh, my first year at culinary school, so I had my second surgery, and then a couple years later, I uh, I got T-bone and I got thrown from a car, and I ruptured my uh, two, three, three, four, four, five S1, and broke my uh, the bottom vertebrae in my back, and uh, you know that started uh, that started a whole 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 another set of issues, uh, including. Uh, you know, painkiller addiction that, that hung on for, for quite a while. Oh, wow. Painkillers and, uh, and benzos, and that's... Uh, How old were you when that occurred? About the year... The car accident happened about 13 years ago. 41 now. So, in my 20s. 20s. 20, 20, 28. 28, yeah. Wow, so you, you even were dealing with some demons, per se. I mean... Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah I... Uh, so I, I got in that car accident, and uh, I, they started putting me on some heavy narcotics, morphine and uh, and uh, Vicodin and Percocet, turned into uh, Oxycontin and fentanyl patches, and uh, 
uh, clonopins and all that fun stuff. Any, that, anything uh, possible, yeah. right? Wow. Yeah. And then, uh, and my weight just kept growing. So, you know, I, I was maybe 220, 230, 240, 260, 270. And, uh, and I topped out at about 280. Oh, shit. 280 is where you ended up at? Yeah. Well, I know all you podcast listeners out there, I mean, we're going to put his links in that up there, but um, we'll try to get this on YouTube too, too at the same time. But my man is ripped up. <laughs> I know you can't see him right now, but my man is ripped up. He actually, I was taken back because I actually got linked to his Facebook. I always try to do it like a little research before I actually meet somebody. And I try to find a little, you know, see a little bit of some about somebody, you know. And um, my man had actually a picture from a bodybuilding competition. I believe you did, right? Yeah, I did my first one uh, this past August, August 27th. Wow. Congratulations, yeah, brother. Thank you. thank you. That's awesome. I mean, it, being, you know, a, a pro physique, you know, competitor myself, it's another another animal type of deal right there. I mean, and that's how I actually, that's I seen your picture initially that. So I, I had no idea about 280 pounds type yeah. of deal on that, you know. So I'm looking at your picture. I'm like, man, my man looks, you know, good. I could tell you, were, you know, you're, it looked like 40s type of deal. I'm like, and it was awesome to see somebody that had the shape that you have, you know. I was like, this guy, he is lean. My man, my man is leaned up. So he looked phenomenal, though. So, you know, saying that you were at 280 pounds, yeah. right? And at that point, it sounds like you're, obviously, you're obese at this point. You're on all these meds type of deal. I don't even know where your head is probably at right now, but what happened? What where? You know what I'll tell you. I've got four sons, and uh, I I went into uh, and I'm married. I've been married for it'll be 20 years in February. Congratulations! And uh, you know, at that point, I just uh, the depression started to kick in, and uh, you know, I, I would go to shrink after shrink after shrink, and, and they would put me on uh, a new antidepressant, change my antidepressant, double up my antidepressant, put me on nerve medication, uh, put me on more benzos, uh, which is a, almost like tranquilizers. Oh, know? okay. Well, then just, like, just to kind of chill me out. You almost, yeah, yeah pretty, much, you. pretty much. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the, the painkiller habit got, got worse. Um, and I just got in a real dark place. Uh, real, real dark for years. And we're not talking like it, it happened. And two months later, I pulled out. I'm talking six years later. Wow. <laughs> so this was an abyss. That yeah, this was an abyss. Were... And, and my, my family, and, and I would try, I would go to AA meetings, and I would go to NA meetings, and I would go to inpatient, and they'd drive me out for a minute, and, and the back pain would always come in. And like I said, I was 280 pounds, so I, I just felt like crap all the time. I didn't know what I did. Yeah, it didn't I felt like you feel terrible. Um, you know, I'm 5'9", I was maybe, it was 42% body fat. Oh, maybe more, God. maybe more. <laughs> really? Yeah, and uh, then I found out uh, I had uh, type 2 diabetes. And uh, so they had those pills on, and then... Uh, in some more blood work, find out you have, uh, you know, my testosterone was 20. 20? Dropped out. Yeah, something with the nerves in the back and the diabetes, and uh, I smoked about three packs a day at the time. Oh, so you were a smoker, too? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, oh. <laughs> and I smoked about, I smoked a lot of marijuana, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's the same. 
pills, yeah, marijuana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a little bit. Average. You had like a duffel bag, <laughs> pretty much yeah. everywhere I went. <laughs> duffel bag of goodies yeah, yeah. for Zed. Whenever when I went on vacation, I could have been arrested. Anyway. Holy crap, um, brother! Yeah, and then I, uh, high blood pressure, high high cholesterol. I was on. Uh, you know, they'd switch my pills up. They would try this pill, try that pill. Uh, as a matter of fact, towards the end, before I started making some changes, um, my, my my sugar numbers were like 380. And no matter what I did, I couldn't control them. I had to have my last back surgery that I had uh, about three years ago, three and a half years ago. And uh, they were going to put me on insulin. And a uh, matter of fact, they did put me on insulin to get me down so I could have the surgery. Okay. And uh, that's, that scared me. That, that was something that... Uh, so they wouldn't even touch you because of... Yeah, they said, no, yeah, we can't cut you open. You, you might not come back out. <laughs> so, oh, oh, that's uh, eye-opening. Yeah, well, and at the time, I'm using a cane, and uh, you know, I could barely walk, pain down my leg. Uh, I had a flop foot. My left foot was a complete flop. Uh, nerve damage. And, uh, you know, so I'd wake up, and literally, on any given day, I was taking 40 pills. And between the ones to get high and the ones to, to just get my heart right, yeah. get my blood pressure right, get my diabetes straight, uh, yeah, I was a mess. Yeah, I was a mess. Well, it wasn't good. And, so, and that was just a few years ago, you're saying? The so last surgery? Yeah, the last surgery was about, it was July 24th. July 24th, okay. July 24th of uh, 2012. So at that point, after you got your surgery, right? about three and a half years ago or so, what happened at that point? Like, what, after the last surgery, is that where, you know, transitioning occurred? Like, you know what, uh, I'll back up just a minute before we get to the surgery. Um, it was right around February before that. And uh, I'll give you a qu quick backstory. Just, uh, I want people to, to hear a couple of words. And uh, one of them is Suboxone. Um, they put me on Suboxone. For many years uh, to overcome my addiction to painkillers and I was on that for years and I went to an outpatient program and I would relapse on everything from Robitussin to to that fake weed oh shit I would smoke that, that K9 or whatever K9. <laughs> yeah they I, I went to a urologist and uh, they did all kinds of tests I, I was I was urinating blood oh, and we shit. couldn't figure out what it was you know and uh, come to find out I was being poisoned by the K12 I'm smoking the K12 so I could pass the drug test so my rehab wouldn't kick me out and keep giving me my Suboxone. Yeah, it was fun like that. So, <laughs> yeah. The circle of life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Holy crap. Yeah, 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 yeah. The fun things that uh, that an addict has to do or feels like they have to do. Um, but they always had mercy on me because I had my wife and my kids and I never gave up. Yeah. I kept coming back. Uh -huh. I mean, I kept coming back. I just couldn't get it right. I, I would have bought it if I could have. I just yeah. I couldn't get it right, man. And... Uh, I just kept getting more more and more depressed. It got dark. It got real, real dark. Um, I ended up going on a cruise with my family. And I, I wasn't a big drinker. But if um, I think I probably count the times that I drank on, my, on, on two hands. But I went on this cruise and I drank. Uh, one night, the night before we, we docked, I was just, uh, there was, the depression got real bad. I, I just couldn't, I couldn't live in my own skin any longer. Yeah. And I probably drank a half a bottle of Grey Goose, which was a lot for me. Yeah. Blacked out. Um, and my family saw that. And I'd always been able to hide. Yeah. You yeah. know, hide and hide. And I was a, I was a good hider. Undercover. At least I thought I was. Yeah, you know? at least. <laughs> um, and my boys saw that. 
and I was, you know, we were stuck. You're stuck on a cruise. Everybody's together. Yeah, everybody's together. Um, and the depression got so bad that uh, we got home. And it was February, and I'm looking out at my pool, and I've got an in-ground pool, and it was snow covered. And I thought to myself, I mean, I'd done a lot of drugs, yeah. so it was many times where I probably shouldn't have even woken up, but yeah. I did. But I never really wanted to die. Yeah. I always thought maybe I'd be better off then. Yeah. You know, they'd be better off without me. Yeah. Thought that many, many times. Many times. I can't tell you how many times I would just say, ah, if I could just, if, if I just didn't wake up, mm -hmm. these people just wouldn't have to put up with this. They wouldn't have to deal with it. And uh, I can remember that, that February day and just thinking, this is the day. I'm going to jump on that pool cover and I'll go through and then it's a wrap. You know, I, I was too scared to do it any other way, but I figured once you do it, yeah, you can't turn back and it's over with. And just something, something in me, it changed. I walked out in the snow, no, no shoes on, walking towards that pool, and uh, just something in me said, "You Not just, yet. you just, you just can't give up. Mm -hmm. You got four kids, man. You know." Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, some people call it God, some people call it what you want to. Mm -hmm. um, I just turned back around and said, "All right." I don't know what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. But you're going to keep pushing. But I'll keep, somehow I'll keep pushing. I went to the shrink again. I could never, the next day I went to the shrink and I begged her. I said, listen, you got to change my antidepressant. Mm -hmm. She said, listen, you're maxed out on this one. We gave you a double one over here. You're on, uh, I was on gabapentin just to calm my nerves. She said, you're on the max dose. And I was taking twice what they were uh, recommending <laughs> already. Holy um, crap. And then uh, that's when my back went out again. And uh, I went and saw a specialist in Buffalo, and he got had to have. Uh, he said, "Look, we can help you. We're going to fuse you. We're going to we're going to take your back apart, put it back together again. We'll see how we do." And uh, you know, it was pretty hopeless, man. It was pretty dark. Uh, it was pretty dark. I can remember waking up every morning thinking to myself, uh, "Not another day, really." Yeah. You know, just. I would try and sleep as long Let as I could. Let me go back to sleep. Yeah. And I would I, would, I would. I would try and sleep my life away because I just did not want. I just couldn't imagine another doing this another day, feeling like I felt all the time. Mm -hmm. For years, man. For years. And, uh, and anyway, now back to July, I have that surgery. And uh, I had been off narcotics for a little while until they put me in that surgery. I was smoking a lot of weed. You know, for the pain and whatever else I had to do to release me. Yeah. yeah, I need to be on cloud nine yeah. right now. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? I, I wasn't. No matter how much weed I smoked, I was always me. Still there. <laughs> yeah, yeah I was still there. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> and I smoked a lot of weed. <laughs> I eat it. I smoke it. You know. Eat it. <clears throat> smoke it. Roll it up. Whatever you got to do with that. That's it. <laughs> and uh, so I had the surgery, and they put me back on narcotics. And when I was done with my surgery this time. I wasn't aware, but I literally, my, my left leg, uh, I, I was completely 100% paralyzed in it. You could have stabbed me in my leg and I couldn't feel it, so I had to learn how to walk again. Holy shit. This was after the last surgery? Yeah. Uh, so I would have a special nurse come over, and she would do things and try and just get me have feeling back in my leg, and then I'd walk to the bathroom. Uh, after the first couple of weeks, I could walk to the bathroom. Then I'd walk to the front door, and then I would walk to the mailbox, and then I'd walk 
and I just kept going, so I made it around the block. Further and further. And it was funny because uh, really that's how my, my fitness thing started. If we're, if we're, really? I, I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, te- I tell people uh, uh, my story sometimes, yeah. and I forget that because I did. I started, I kept that walking up. I would walk around the block three times just to keep moving my leg around. Leg. And it sounds so small, but looking back, uh, it just made a habit. That's what ignited. It just made a habit. Right. You know, I didn't even think about it. I just did it. Yeah. So it was time to go for my walk, you know. Yeah. And uh, I'd like to say at that point, I changed my whole life and not, I never did drugs again. And, and, and But that's not what happened. That's not the fairy tale. <laughs> no, it got a lot worse. <laughs> oh, God. They put me back on, on the narcotics. The opiates for me were are the devil. Um, so they started, you know, I was on the opiates and Valiums and, uh, I started getting Klonopins and more opiates, more value, more Klonopins. And I would lose days. I would, I would come to, I mean, I, I would, I would do things. I'd be there. I'd be awake and living yeah. and I would just come to, and I have to start asking questions like, uh, what time is it? What, <laughs> what day of the here? week is this? <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> hey, uh, it's in my way. Hey, Nicole, uh, what were we doing again? I forget what we were doing. And I have to put it all back together as pieces and then, mm-hmm. and, and, and come back to my life. And, and I, and it was the weirdest thing that ever happened, but, but I, I did it a lot. I wish I could say that only happened once, but it didn't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I end up, uh, I end up getting uh, pretty bad and my wife had finally, she had, she had had it a few times, but this time she said, you know what? This is enough. She said, I'm not kicking you out this time. And she left. She took my sons and they left. And uh, I called her back and said, listen, come home. And I went and got a hotel. My cousin, who's a pastor, came and saw me with a buddy of his who went to this place called Team Challenge. And meanwhile, I drank uh, a couple local, whatever. Yeah, four locos. Four locos. <laughs> four locos. And, uh, you know, and I'm taking my uh, my morphine and my... And I smoked a big blunt, and I drank a bottle of Robitussin. I'm not sure why I drank Robitussin. so much Robitussin. Oh, yeah, I just drank a lot of Robitussin. When, when everything else failed, I drank Robitussin. Robitussin. Yeah. And uh, they picked me up, and they talked me into going to this place called Team Challenge. And uh, I didn't care what I would agree to anything. I just wanted to get out of their presence. You know what I mean? I wanted yeah. to go home. And uh, they brought me back to the hotel, and I ended up going to a place called Team Challenge. And uh, for me... Um, you know, it saved my life. I used to think that drugs were, were my problem, you know, and they weren't. They were a solution to the, the problem, problem, and the problem was in between my ears, you know. Yeah. It was what I thought of myself. Uh, the constant the constant tape I used to play over and over in my head, you're no good, you're a piece of shit, you're a loser, you're never going to be anything. Mm-hmm. You keep failing, you can't do this, there's no way, it's never going to happen for you. Yeah. Uh, your kids, you're a horrible father, you're a horrible husband, you're a horrible human being, you know. And that tape would play from the second my eyes woke up in the morning to the second I, I would try numbing out as much as I can, and after a while even the drugs didn't help, the tape just kept playing, you know. And uh, so I would walk around in that constant state and... Uh, Not feeling worthless. Oh. Feeling just... Yeah, worthless, yeah, that would be... Uh, uh, what I Not would... only worthless... But even worse than worthless, I did nothing but cause pain. That's what I would. That's what I would tell myself. Yeah. You were just here to. I just hurt, hurt people. 
much as I didn't want to. Mm-hmm. Much as I said, I'm, I'm only going to hurt anybody. I was going to hurt, hurt myself. I only do this to myself. Yeah. I hurt everybody. everybody. And everybody was affected. So I go to this place, and uh, as soon as I get there, antidepressants, anything I took except for my diabetes meds, my uh, anti or my diabetes, high cholesterol, high blood pressure medication I could take. Everything else went in the garbage. And they said, I said, you know, how, how can you do that? I'm gonna, I'm gonna withdraw from yeah. antidepressants. I was on huge doses and, and this. And they said, yeah, yeah, you're gonna withdraw, and we're gonna find out who you are. When let's see, let's find out who that guy find is. Out who you are. That's it. Yeah. And uh, I was scared to death. That's that's usually is a scary factor <laughs> when you find out who you really are. Well, and then uh, for me. I went to, uh, I started, you know, I, I was kicking and spitting, as we, as we dope fiends like to call it. You know? <laughs> I was kicking and spitting in and, and, and the, and the worst kind of way. Yeah. And, uh, but I listened. I was believing in God. And this was, uh, this was basically, uh, my buddy calls it a Jesus boot camp. Uh-huh. And uh, you can call it what you want to. I just called it a place of hope now. I didn't oh. then, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I was there about... Three days, and this graduating class was coming. I tell this story a lot. This is what changed my, uh, it changed me. It was the beginning. I made a beginning. This was the beginning. Um, I'm in this, I'm in the kitchen. I'm sick. But in this place, you everybody cooked, you cleaned, you did all your own stuff. Uh-huh. They had a, a commercial kitchen, and they found that I could cook. And I would, tr- I tried to leave every day. And they would talk me off the ledge. Yeah. And uh, so they put me in, and I started cooking for this graduation that was going on. So about 70 people show up, and uh, family, friends, and I'm cooking, and uh, I get real angry. I used to get these surges of anger all the time. And especially now, I'm not at anything, and I'm just aggravated. I'm like, you know, very mad. Left us all somewhere. Yeah, and there's an old lady. I'll never forget. There's an old lady with a, with a head full of white hair, and I'm drying the dish. And I thought, and I'm the only person in the kitchen at the time. I thought, if I just toss this plate at this lady's head, they'll kick me out. Wow. Now, listen, I've been to more. Wow. I've been to inpatient, outpatient. I've been to a lot of inpatients, and I always get kicked out. And I would just, you know. Talk to somebody that aggravated me, and I'm not a tough guy. Yeah. I'm not a fighter. Yeah. But I knew if I punch this guy in the mouth, they'll kick me they'll out. Give me and out. then I could tell my wife, listen, it's not my fault. Yeah. The, I, this guy was saying these things. I hit him, and now I have to leave. So yeah. you have to come and get me. Yeah. And uh, it worked. It worked. Yeah, so the way it around that, boy. Yeah. <laughs> and for some reason, that, that sounded like a good idea. Let me just toss the plate at the lady. I'm not going to throw it and hurt yeah. her, but, you know, it's going to hit her for sure. <laughs> yeah. And somebody says that same thing that told me maybe I shouldn't uh, jump into that pool that day. Says maybe you should go pray. Wow. And I said, you know what? All right. I put the plate down. I went to the walk-in cooler and I said a prayer. And it went like this. I said, uh, I said, God, listen, I hate this place. This place sucks. It's filthy. It's nasty. I got a house with a nice warm bed. I'm sleeping in, you know, cots. Oh, it's disgusting. (laughs) It's literally two rooms in the in the ghetto of Syracuse. And I thought for sure I was too good to be there. Yeah. Okay? I, for sure I was too good to be there. I wasn't like the rest of these yeah. guys. I didn't have no track marks. I didn't come from jail. I didn't smoke a crack pipe. You know, um, for sure I was way too good to be here. And I've been to better rehabs than this. I could go to another rehab. I didn't mind. But yeah. this one wasn't going to work. Wasn't gonna work. <laughs> this was not going to work yeah. for me. And uh, I said, but here's the deal. <laughs> I pretty much hurt everybody in my life. I've blown it. And if I leave this place now, 
um, it's going to hurt more people. But I will leave and do that anyway. I can. I know how to manipulate, and I know how to make it all feel better, and I know how to get their hope up again just to get me to another rehab because this one's no good, yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. But I'll tell you what: if if you want me to stay, I'll stay. But you got to know. I got to know it's from you. I, I, yeah, I got to know. I need a sign. So uh, I go back into the kitchen, and like I said, I'm in there a couple of months after I had a major back surgery, and I'm off everything. So I'm in pain. <laughs> you know, I just I just had my whole back put back together. I'm in pain. And I go outside that window uh, where that woman was. I was going to throw the plate, and uh, the chair's empty. So I sit in the chair, and within a couple of minutes, the graduation ends. Everybody gets up. In this place, everybody gets up. They go to the front. They say a prayer. They all kind of, it's just their, what they do. Everybody gets in a big circle and, and circles around. And I'm sitting in this chair, and I'm like, yeah, not going to go up there and pray. I already did my prayer in the cooler, yeah. and uh, not going to happen. So no sooner does, uh, I mean, I'm the only person sitting against this window, I'm the only person not going to the front. And there's a little Italian lady, uh, I didn't know she was down at the time, walking, making a beeline for me. And uh, I'm thinking, oh boy. Is she a plate in her hand? No, no, I'm getting uncomfortable. <laughs> so she comes over and she puts her hand on my face and she says, uh, she says, baby, she says, uh, Jesus wants you to stay. Oh, God. Wow. She says, everything's going to be okay, and Jesus wants you to stay. Wow. So, so uh, she talked for five minutes, and and I cried my eyes out. She wiped my tears, and she didn't even know why I was crying. You yeah. know, She didn't know the conversation. She didn't know I just, yeah. No, never met her before yeah. in my life. Never even know who you were. And uh, so I went down to my bunk that night. Or no, not that night. As soon as she was done drying my tears up, I went right down to my bunk, and I said, all right. All right, you're real. I got you. Mm-hmm. I always, I always believed in you, mm-hmm. but I never experienced you. Yeah, never. Correct. And uh, now it's on. Yeah. What are we doing? Yeah. And I'll tell you what, man. Uh, it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was like and then at that point. Yeah. No, it sucked, man. It yeah. sucked. I. Uh, That's where the real grind begins. Yeah. Per se. And I started hearing things like, you know what? Uh, this is what God says about you. And at this point, look at this lady said, Jesus, she didn't say anything else. So for me, I don't want to offend nobody, but I wanted to hear what, okay, if this whole thing that I've heard my whole life is right, well, then what's it say? What's he say about me? What's he saying? And all of a sudden they started throwing these scriptures out and I started hearing things. They were reading the whole story, but I would hear, you know, uh, he has a plan and a purpose, you know? Yeah. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. You're created with a plan and a purpose. You're created to do good, not bad. When he put you together in your mother's womb, he was there. He put you together with certain talents. He put you together. With, and I started hearing these things. Mm-hmm. And he's never once, God never once had a bad thought about me. Even when I was out there doing doing dirt. Or, even when I was stealing. Even when I was hurting people. Mm-hmm. He wasn't like, you know, Jay, you piece of shit. Yeah. He was like, come on, I got something better for you. Unconditional. What are you doing? I got something for you. Come with me. Come with me. He was always calling. And all of a sudden, it just, well... Maybe I'm not a piece of shit. Maybe I'm not all those things I thought I was. And that's when the change happened. When my when my mind and my spirit changed. Shifted. Yeah, there was a shift when that happened. And I can't pinpoint it. I know that woman started it. Yeah. It gave me the faith. Faith, hope, faith. The hope. And then after that, um, 
you know, little by little, I started just thinking different and feeling different. And hope, I let hope come into me for the first time. And I, the, 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 the tape that would play over and over in my head, I wish I could say I hit stop, brother, but I didn't. Yeah. Somebody else did. Because yeah. it stops. It stopped. And uh, right along that time, uh, my, my health journey started right then. Uh, you know, I was, I was a hardhead. So when I walked into this place, Team Challenge, the first day I was there, I went in for breakfast. They handed me a breakfast, and it was uh, pancakes with roasted potatoes. And, uh, and then it was uh, sausage gravy. I mean, it was all carbs. Yeah, it was just carb, carb, carb. And I'm a chef, brother. Yeah, it's like, what the hell's going yeah, on? I, I thought, I'm too good for this. You know, yeah. I can't eat this garbage. So, of course, what did I say? I said, I got diabetes. I went right up to the office. I was like a little girl. I went up to the office and I said, I said, listen, I can't eat this stuff. I got diabetes. There's no way I can eat this. I'm going home. Yeah. And it was before I met the lady. And they're like, oh, we heard you're a cook. I said, yeah, I'm a cook. Go find something in the kitchen and cook it then. Oh, wow. So Chipotle used to do donate uh, a bag of beef and a bag of chicken uh, every couple of days to, to where we were. Uh, everything was donations. Yeah. I mean, uh, I ended up becoming the cook there and cooking for all the guys, and I was cooking cans of stuff that uh, spoiled in 1991. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's what we had, man. <laughs> oh, hey, you make ends meet. You yeah. know what? They cheered for me at the end. They loved it. I don't know what I was yeah. doing, but it came out all right. Um, and this was before meeting the, the elderly. No, no. Th yeah, this is, no, that, yeah, yeah, when I did the diabetes right. when you, thing. Yeah, when you walked up. So now I got such a hard head that the whole time, I'm, from that day on, I always cooked. I'm making cake and pies, and I'm making homemade food. I got all kinds of stuff I'm coming up with. Yeah. But I told these guys I got diabetes. I'm like, I'm a fat guy. I know, guy. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> I'm a fat guy. I don't care about diabetes. I want an ice cream. Yeah, you want I just wanted to go home. Sweets, yeah. But I'm also a, a jackass and, uh, and a hardhead. And yeah. because I said it, now I'm like, well, now I have to eat the chicken. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah and yeah. the only vegetable they had, I mean, they literally, once in a blue moon, they get a box of vegetables. But pretty much they had heads of cabbage. Oof. And uh, so I would chop up cabbage, and uh, I would throw in the vegetables, and I would find whatever spices they had, and I ate that four times a day. And in a month, I lost 20 pounds. Wow. And I was always checking my uh, my numbers, yeah. my diabetes numbers. And all of a sudden, dropping. they're dropping like flies, dropping. you know what I mean? Yeah. So one day, I'm like, huh, I wonder if I just take one of my metformin twice a day instead of two twice a day. I wonder what happened. Yeah. Numbers kept coming down. Wow. Well, I was there three and a half months, something like that. By the time I left there, I wasn't on any metformin. So you were just like diagnosing yourself. Yeah, I was just taking my sugars, and I was like, damn. They yeah. just keep, and my numbers were always 280, 240, 320, 360. It didn't matter wow. what I did. Yeah, that's um, high. Always high, always high. And uh, one point, this uh, I'm in the kitchen. I'm there a couple of weeks, and there was a, a, a friend of mine, uh, Big Mac, we call him, big black kid from Brooklyn came by and he uh, tapped me on his shoulder. Hey, big boy. I says, what? He says, uh, let's do some push-ups. I'm like, I, I can't do any push-ups, man. I just had back surgery. I says, uh, you know, I, I haven't done a push. I can't tell you the last time I did a push. I bet you can do one. I said, all right, let me get down. After a little coaxing, I said, all right, let me try it. So I got down and I did three. And uh, I got this. I was like, damn, I could do three push-ups. <laughs> so, so he came back, uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner just before we ate every day, and we did three push-ups, we did nine push-ups, we did 12, 12 push-ups, and then I was like, damn, 
I got this big belly. I want to do something else. So I started doing uh, planks. Yep. So I started doing uh, planks. I built up to a five-minute plank three times a day. Wow. By the time I left, it took me three months to get there. Yeah. And by the time I left, I was doing about 300 push-ups a day. Wow. So my goal was I want to do 1,000. I would like to do 1,000 push-ups in, in a day. day. And uh, and I did. Uh, a year, almost a year to the day, I did 1,000 push-ups in a day. Wow. That's a lot of push-ups. It was 200. Guys, actually, whoever's <laughs> listening right now, I know a lot of my fit junkies out there, try doing that. Try doing 1,000 push-ups in one day. And I mean real push-ups, not no T-Rex or short push-ups, all right? 1,000 push-ups, he's saying, in one day. That's, I mean, that's a lot of push-ups. Yeah, I was doing 250 at a clip. But I had my mindset to do it. I mean, I started walking. I was telling you, when I got home, I would walk and pray. That's the time I was spent with God. Yeah. And I would stop in the middle of the street i go for an hour walk. i try and knock out as many hundred as I could. I would just stop. Boom. boom People boom, must have thought I was insane. Yeah. <laughs> that was wrong with that guy. <laughs> I started riding my bike. I do. I said, okay, after every 10 miles on my bike, I'm going to get off and see if I can knock off 250 uh, push-ups. push-ups. Wow. So, yeah, I did. And uh, and that's just kind of how it started. It started like that. Um, and my numbers changed. All of a sudden, I went in and my blood pressure came down. My cholesterol, uh, it took my cholesterol a lot longer to come down. Yeah. Um, took it actually two years. That's a slower process. Um, but the diabetes meds went, high blood pressure meds went, and uh, after a little bit, I uh, I really wanted a six-pack, really, to be honest with you. Yeah? And uh, my son was reading, uh, I did the 1,000 push-ups. My son was reading this thing. He said, hey, Dad, he said, The Rock posted his, uh, on Instagram, he posted his workout, and he posted his uh, his diet. Yeah. So I was like, oh, no kidding. You know, and I'm like, you know what? I needed a new challenge. I got them 1,000 push-ups. Yeah. And I'm that kind of person. I got to set myself Goal a challenge, and I got to reach that yeah. goal, yep. and then we move on from there. Yep. It at least gives me something to do, you know? And uh, a couple of days later, I said, hey, Demiano, I said, uh, I said, do me a favor. Send me a picture of, of that thing, because yeah. I didn't have Instagram. So he sends it to me, and I still have it on my phone to this day. I, uh, I went to the store, and he was eating 10 ounces of filet mignon. I wasn't. I was eating 10 ounces of flank or whatever beef I get my hands yeah. on. But I followed the exact diet and the exact workout for three months. Three months later, I went from 220 to 240 pounds. I'm looking at the mirror. And I'm like, me. Physique totally changed. I don't look like the rock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said, what the hell is going on? happening right now? <laughs> I said, I put on some muscle. I'm solid, I yeah. guess. But I'm fat again. What yeah. the hell? I said, I got another chin. <laughs> I said... Not the same cookie cutter recipe for everybody. <laughs> right, right. I'm like, jeez. I says, uh, so I had to modify that. I ran to another guy at the gym. Yeah. I, and I told him the story. He laughed yeah. at me too. He says, That's well, hilarious. buddy, listen. You eat too you much, can't bro. eat 5,000 <laughs> calories. <laughs> you rock training, you know, yeah, right? two hours a day. And <laughs> I mean, I listen, I did the exact workout. Well, I did only half an hour of cardio. He was doing yeah. an hour of cardio a day. But I mean, otherwise, I, I followed right to and uh, six days a week, legs twice a week. You know, I was yeah. just, uh, I, w- I was like a machine about it. And he said, listen, here's what you got to do. He said, if you really want the six-pack, yeah. he said, you got to sign up to be in a bodybuilding show. He said, uh, you'll get there. That will structure you. Yeah, he said, it'll, it'll help you. He said, it'll get you the right diet. It'll yeah. tone everything down. So when he told me I was eating too much food, too many calories, that's why I started reading. And I started uh, watching YouTube. And I started... I got my own Instagram. I got my own uh, things. I started reading whatever I get my hands on about yeah, food. Self-development, man. 
Well, and I knew, I mean, I know about food. I'm a chef. I says, but macros. And macros. And what are what are these other guys eating that have six packs? Yeah. You know, forget about the rock. Let's go to a guy who's more my size. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, five nine guy, you know. <laughs> right? So uh so I started and that's when I started, started doing uh chicken and broccoli and sweet potatoes, chicken, broccoli, white rice, chicken, broccoli, and I'm making them in these little Tupperware boxes and it got so boring. And I was like, Oh, yeah. I don't know if I could do this. Yeah. I mean I ate chicken and cabbage for, for three months, but then I came home. And, you know, I got back to normal. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. So I started reading about macros, and I thought, you know, I'm a, I'm a chef. Let me think about this. Yeah. You could have fun said, with this. I said, you know, I can add things that don't add calories. Salsa has no calories. Correct, yeah. Lime juice, you know, uh, use soy sauce. I can have some salt if I'm drinking enough water. Water, no. You know, and I just started playing with recipes. Uh, buffalo, hot sauce. Yeah. It's got no calories. It's got high sodium, no calories. So... If I do salt out, that's it. If I do this and that, and I make sure, so I just started playing with. All of a sudden, I had some recipes, some stuff that tasted really good. The weight starts coming off, and I'm getting pretty lean. I'm still hitting the gym pretty hard, and uh, I was like, "Me, I got something. This is working. This is working." I would read more, and then I started taking some supplements. I was drinking, you know, whey protein after you train, dextrose after you train. you know, a little pre-workout, and you know, and and uh, oh, better start drinking some BCAs because it says you need to have BCAs. No. So, uh, multivitamin. I started taking that, some fish oil. So before you know it, uh, I'm getting pretty healthy. I'm looking pretty good, sure. but I've got a two hundred, two hundred twenty-five dollar a month habit of supplements. Yeah. You know, yeah, <laughs> I'm like, know. you gotta be kidding me. It's expensive. My wife's like, are you kidding me? And I yeah. said, baby, we're saving a lot of money. You gotta remember, I used to buy a lot of, a lot of, a lot of drugs. You know what I mean? <laughs> you kidding me? I smoked $200 of the weed a yeah, week. I don't know like, where I got the money, but I did. I blew right through that. <laughs> so, you know, uh, I go to the gym and there's a buddy of mine. I didn't know him at the time. And he started asking me questions. He says, hey, um, what are you taking? I says, uh, I don't take anything. I said, you know, and I tell him, of course, I tell him, I do take testosterone, and I told him the story, why yeah. I take it, and I, you know, I, I tell everybody, listen, my levels are the same as yours. If you're a 41-year-old man, you need to be between three and 500. I get checked every three weeks, or I'm sorry, every three months. My levels are always right, because I I want to think of myself as natural. Apparently, I'm not, <laughs> but whatever, you know, yeah, yeah. I have to take it. He so, said, she said. Yeah, well, you know what? It helps with depression. helps me with Everything. a lot of things, so I ain't going to play is important. Yeah. Um. So I tell him that whole story, and then he's like, yeah, okay, whatever. So the next day he sees me. Come on, man, come on. I said, listen, I eat about three and a half pounds of chicken every day. Yeah. And I tell him I'm a chef, and I did that. And he says, well, I want to try your meals. I said, okay. So I brought, I brought him in, uh, and I had a bunch in my refrigerator that I was eating. I brought him in, gave him to him. Uh, he took him home, and he let his roommates try him. He had th- uh, two roommates. And... Uh, he, he called me up, or he came the next day, and he said, listen, all three of us want 18 meals a, uh, a week. We want to start tomorrow. And I thought, huh. So I figured out what I needed to make. I thought, Let me get, I could take free supplements. <laughs> I said, That's your supplement that supply. Was That's, That's your my money, supplement right? money. Yeah. My caterer, it's a no-brainer. I could do this. Yeah. And uh, before you know it, this kid, Nick, he, uh, he's, my, uh, he's my sales partner right now, and he is, uh, he's a great guy. But before you know it, he just started, uh, you know, for no, he wasn't getting anything out of it. Yeah. He just started telling people about it, and people tried it and tasted it, and they said, hey, listen, this guy wants you to do it, this guy wants you to do it. I said, well, okay, hold, take it easy. I said, uh, we probably should do make legal here because.
because yeah. I'm just making yeah. Yeah, better. Uh, I'm get just this on the box Tupperware. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> I said, you know, this, this is a white man's Tupperware, bro. <laughs> yeah, I'm picking up my Tupperware because it's costing me a lot of money for this Tupperware every time I do the food. Yeah. <laughs> so we did, and uh, you know, we made something out of it, and uh, that's just how it happened. Uh, the, the recipes that I cook. You know the recipes, the, the meals that are in the in the boxes that people have that they're taking and they're eating, are the recipes I came up with. For me, that's incredible. Man. You know, and uh, and that was my journey, and, and here we are today. You know, uh, we have a catering business, we've got a meal prep business, and uh, really, my goal for all of this is I want to. I'd like to help people um, get in shape because I know that. If you don't feel good about yourself, you can't really feel good about anything. At least that, that was my experience. I just, uh, if I didn't love myself, and I'm not talking about ego and pride and, uh, and that kind of thing. If I didn't have a genuine care, if I didn't care about myself, I couldn't really care about anybody else. I just couldn't. Um, that's my story. And if I can help somebody reach their goal, that's awesome. But through that, if I can let my story, if people know my story, they get to know me. They get to hear my story. They know I was a drug addict. They know I was depressed. They know I was antidepressants. They knew I was, uh, at one point, I, I guess I was suicidal. suicidal. Uh, chronic pain. I'm in pain every day, man. Chronic. I take a leave. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I hit the gym. And I don't give up and I don't quit. You know, so I know that chronic pain, <laughs> uh, drug addiction, and, and, and depression are three major, major issues that people have. I've been through them. I came out the other side. I know a lot of other people that have too. Um, and I know a lot of, unfortunately, I know a whole lot of people that haven't. Yeah. And uh, I just want people to know that it's possible after a year, after two years, and after 15 years. You know what I mean? Um, and I'm still a little burnt out. <laughs> Yeah, you don't get it all back. Yeah, no. But yeah. you know what? You're, it, it, it's a process. It's a staircase. It sounds like you know. And it, what you're, man, your brother, man, my hats off to you, man. You're a prime example, though. And you know, the no excuses, only solutions mentality, and taking full responsibility of your life. It sounded like at some point there, and understanding that mentally. You, you became in a better place. And with mentally get, getting in a better place, your body kind of followed suit. And that's what I've always stressed was, you know, the body found the mind. You know, that, that little spark, that little, you know, I always say everybody has that piece of God in them type of deal, right? If whatever you believe in, you yep. know, that soul, right? Once that thing ignites in your mind, ignites the physical follow suit. You know, but if, like you're saying, if you're not right mentally, man, and you don't love yourself, you're not secure in your own skin, then it's pretty hard to push that off to anybody else, you know, and truly love anybody else if you don't yeah. even love yourself, you know. And that's, that is a whirlwind story right there. I mean, being that such an, touching on so many different top topics that society deals with daily in general, what you're saying, and not just, not just all of those, but they're maybe just battling one of those, you know, and you're showing them light. There is light. And I'm witness, witnessing this, guys. I mean, I literally met Jason maybe, what, three, four months ago, yeah. maybe. And, I mean, 
I felt a certain energy too. I, I mean, I always stress I feel energy with people type of deal. And you just brought a genuine, real, organic energy when we met, you know, in my office here. And it's like, this guy is so pure, man. You could tell he, he dealt with something. And I had no idea to this extreme, but I got a piece of the story. But th I mean, this is like riveting. I mean, this is, this is, a, this is like some documentary type shit, you know? <laughs> but I mean, because. The example, though, for me, too, even though this guy's a self-starter. You're an entrepreneur, brother. I mean, this dude is developing such a great um, company and brand, I believe, you're bringing to the table that is really going to help people. I'm a believer in this. I know this. I witnessed this, even with my own clients, that, you know, you're bringing taste with results, you know, and... The food being such a key element of even how you feel internally. Because yeah. you are what you eat. Absolutely. 100%. I mean, I always stress that with people. I mean, it's just like, you know, a vehicle that I always correlated to. You know, you don't put, you know, 87 gas in your BMW or whatever. You know what I'm saying? You want to run a nice, sufficient car, you got to put premium in your tank or right. synthetic, you know. Um, and... The food is fuel, man. As much as it is a demon type of deal, and it could be, it's very well used as a demon and a voice with people emotionally and all these things, that it's such a tool to live better, to feel better, to be mobile, to be functional. And even through your process and through your journey and what you're saying, you almost got tricked in this whole bodybuilding thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because you went from, just functionality. You're trying to get your leg to spark. That's it. You know? And then it turned into this whirlwind of blessings type of deal because of taking action and creating momentum and creating ritual and creating positive principles and habits each and every day it sounded like with yourself. Um, and this should be a true testament, guys, for all you guys out there, man, that, you know, you can overcome any of those demons. I mean, I'm sitting next to a man right now that, the way he looks, you would never guess that this guy was 280 pounds and battling with all these demons, man. That this guy is the prime example. What I strive to provide with people, you know, is changing not just their physique, but their mentality, their view on life, their 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 untapped potential, what they could, could create and design, you know, with that canvas of their mind. You could paint anything on that picture, you know. That, that's that's the big key is. is uh... And I try to get my sons to understand that. You know, you, you always hear growing up, you could be anything, you could do anything, you could. And you know what the truth is? Uh, a lot of people can't. I say can't, but I don't mean it. A lot of people won't because they don't believe they can. Correct. If you just believe they can. Yeah, man. It, there's whatever in the mind. mind can, I always say whatever the mind can conceive, one could achieve. Yeah. And what you focus on, you will become. That's well said. And you know, uh, I used to, I used to, like I said, that 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 tape played regardless. Everybody has a tape. Yeah. Your tape's gonna play. So you have to figure out how to make it positive, because what you focus on, you become. And if you're constantly telling yourself negative, 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 you're going to be negative. There's no way around it. And I remember there, there's a lot of guys. Uh, they go to A. They and I'm, I don't put down anything. Any kind of way that helps people, I don't put anything down. But if I constantly tell myself, 
I'm a drug addict. I can't touch drugs. I'm a drug addict. I can't touch drugs. I'm an alcoholic. I can't touch alcohol. I'm no good because if I do that, I'll be no good. I'll ruin my whole life. You're focusing on that. Right. You're still <laughs> putting that. energy on it. That, that's where your focus is. Correct. So, and that's what I say. It's exactly what you're saying. You're continuing to manifest that because you're putting that thought. That's right. right. And your thoughts become your actions. I don't know who said it. Um, but it, it's, it's, it's one that I tell my boys and... Uh, I said, look, at, I'm not looking back here. I'm just looking this way. I'm going to build something. That fell apart. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'm, that burned. Yeah. I'm going to let that burn and die its death. And I'm going this way. And I'm going to build. So I can't no longer look back and say, oh, remember when? Oh, I should have never did. No, nah, I did it. It's a yeah. wrap. It's all done. It's over with. That happened. Out of your hands. It's burnt. <laughs> the ashes are there. Let's go this way and figure out what we're doing next. Because that's what I'm going to do. And that's why, you know, don't look in the rear view, look at through the windshield, that's it. you know, you move forward. And what's awesome here, though, and with this story that you're saying and that this is your purpose, brother. Yeah. And that's, I mean, what you're saying exactly as far as even, even, um, you know, everybody has a purpose. Everybody has a niche, right? Everybody has that calling, that plan that you're designed for type yeah, of deal is finding that, right? Or creating that even. But even though through all those demons and vices that you had, right? You know what, though? Maybe that happened for a reason, right? Oh, Creating so. and designing this, this 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 human that you are now, you know, this, this person that you are now to help others get through their demons and vices. Yeah. You know, I mean, this is powerful, man. You, 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 have, a, you have a very strong story. You have an awesome brand that you're developing that I and I believe in, and I, you know, I swear by it. Um, and you know, what would you say? What would you say as far as what is success for you, more or less? What what is success? Where do you envision yourself through all this stuff that you're doing? And I know you kind of said as far as you know, um, hoping to change somebody's life in that life. Is that is that the end all be all? What what is but what is really success at the end of the day for you? What do you envision? For me, success for me, I really, really, really is just. Uh, I mean, it's a personal question. Uh, I mean, for me, it's just really joy. My family being okay, better than okay, that would be success. Them full of joy, true happiness, to, for, for my kids to know who they are, for my kids to love themselves, for my wife to uh, to know what a blessing she's been to me and to walk that, what a blessing she is to this world. And... Uh, for the six of people in my family, including myself, to to reach out our hand when somebody's in need, that'd be success. That's powerful, brother. Preach it, that man. Amen. I mean, and that's powerful. That was good, actually. It goes back, you know. I always like to ask that question because I think a lot of times in society in general, without without us actually consciously thinking about it. A lot of people correlate success in other avenues, I think, that are not powerful, that are very materialistic or shallow, per se. You know, and what you said there was, you know, 
That's that, that was spot on. And everybody has their definition of their success, right? But that was well said. Um, we're gonna wrap up this session, though, guys. I uh, please take your time to really listen. I think Jason dropped a lot of jewels right now. I say, and a lot of uh, even principles in there that I'm big on. And we're gonna have him up here again because I think we got a lot of other stuff to talk about. I think even you know with rituals, with habits, with principles, daily practices that he might apply in his life and with his business and things that he has going. Um, being another business owner is myself too. We, we collaborate on a lot of different topics and things of that nature. But um, I appreciate your time, Jason. I, I know how this goes. I, I Time is time is money. <laughs> time is precious. It's valuable. Um, but Please, uh, real quick, actually, I know you got a website for the meals type of deal if people desire to even order them. Um, at Jambi Fitness, we do have a cooler here also, too, guys. So if you want to pick up a meal, you don't got to be a member. You don't got to be a client. You can always come by, pick up a meal. It's 806 Linden Ave, Suite 100. Um, but what's your Facebook? What's your Instagram? What's your website? Where could we check you out at, Jim? Uh www.foodbydeleo.com. That's the uh, the website and uh, Facebook and Instagram are both uh, Food by Deleo. So also again, he does actually. So you do events to catering straight yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. We're uh, we're a food caterer for fourteen years. Uh, thanks to my old man who always kept things together when I was in my mess. The story you heard, he always kept the, the hand on the strings, but uh, he was able to hold it together somehow. And he's got—he's yeah, he, a Kodak guy. He never cooked in his life. Oh my god! <laughs> See, everything happens. Yeah, that's right. That's right. My old man's uh, something else. But uh, yeah, uh, we do catering, we do graduations, we do weddings, we do uh, corporate events. We do from uh, eight-person sit-down food and wine pairings in people's homes to you know a thousand person hot dog hamburger picnic for a corporate event and everything in between i always have uh and uh you know i just like to say one more thing i'm a local guy uh at food by delio uh, my phone number is out there uh if anybody ever has any issues or you know anybody who needs uh, needs somebody to talk to i'm always available um, and i know good places and good people to hook people up with i'm always 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 willing to, to talk and help um, I'm never that busy. It's, it's again, like you said earlier, uh, that is my purpose. That's why I'm still here breathing, brother. That's awesome. So more or less, even like you're saying, guys. You know, like I always stress. Again, I'm not a trainer. I'm a coach. You know, and uh, mentoring. You know, and helping. You know, give out to the universe. It'll come back to you. You know, always does. But well said, Jay. Um, we're gonna link back up on one of these thirsty Thursdays or so. Please check them out. I'm going to put some links, guys, at the bottom so you guys can just, you know, check out the website and that. Again, you know, that's meal prepping and, you know, catering. Um, Again, you know, advice. All right. You're in a dark place in that. This guy's been there, man. I can't speak from that. I don't know what that is. It's certain things he touched on. But this guy's been there, man. So you guys, you guys need even an ear to listen to or some advice. This is the man you want to talk to. Um, I appreciate his time. I appreciate him even saying that. I didn't expect that, and that's awesome. Um, but check me out on the next one. This is episode 65, guys. Um, I'm going to hit you guys over the head on our course, our Motivating Mondays podcast. Um, we're going to keep these things rolling. Um, check us out, though, www.jmb4fitness.com. The motiv- motivating minds. I'm sorry about that. T-shirts are up online now. Um, please like us, subscribe on iTunes, 
But until next time, again, salute to Jason and all he's doing, guys. Show this guy some love, some support, man. All right. Um, and keep on just giving, give, give, give. All right. That's how you get. That's how you get more and receive more. All right. But um, until next time, peace, love, and deuces. Deep down, dig deep down, and ask yourselves, who do you want to be? Not what, but who.